What's going on, Far Far Away family? Welcome to Star Wars in 10. So how's everyone doing this Monday? I hope all is well on your side of the galaxy. Not much new out here on the Outer Rim. So today, I thought we would just get right to the story. Because when we left off last week, Sarah was getting ready to bring down the entire prison and take out everyone in it all at one time. So let's see what's gonna happen next. And how do we do that? By dropping the intro. <laughs> You are now tuned in to a Star Wars show, so just sit back and ready to flow. Clear your mind of what you know, and let the force be the course of where we go. As we take this journey far, far away, now let's hear what Darth Vader has to say. We would be honored if you would join us. Set smiled. There was something appealing about the idea of escaping Doan in a shuttle owned by the ruler of the planet. It definitely had a certain flair. And then he saw the fourth vessel. We have a winner. The smallest of the lot, the ship was sleek and stylish with red trim and a black hull. The perfect vehicle for a man of Set's discriminating taste. Eager to escape, the dark Jedi made his way down the staircase and across the hangar. His lightsaber clutched in his right hand. When he reached his chosen shuttle, he let out a low whistle of appreciation and reached up to stroke the smooth dark hull. Look, but don't touch. A soft female voice whispered in his ear. Set snapped his hand back and whirled around, his lightsaber springing to life as he slashed at the empty air behind him. Just out of range of his attack stood Anictochi in a black cloak. Her hood was thrown back to reveal the long curved horns that curled down along her neck and under her chin. Black tattoos marked her lower lip, and her small pointed teeth were bared in an eager grin. Set wasn't normally one to shy away from a fight. Not if he thought he could win. But there was something unsettling about this red-skinned opponent. It was practically impossible to sneak up on a Jedi, yet Set hadn't felt her presence until she'd spoken. Careful. That probably isn't the only trick up her sleeve. Nice ship, he said, extinguishing his lightsaber and letting his hand fall casually to his side. How many credits did that set you back? As soon as the words were out of his mouth, he pounced toward her, his reignited lightsaber carving a deadly figure-eight pattern meant to disembowel his unsuspecting foe, even as she answered his question. The Iktochi wasn't fooled. Instead of replying to his query, she took a quick step back and to the side, nimbly avoiding his attack. Too slow, she admonished. The two adversaries turned to face each other again, and Set paused to consider the situation. He had Andedu's holocron. All he needed now was a ship, and he was home free. But standing between him and escape was an unknown, though obviously skilled, opponent. She didn't appear to be armed, but she could easily have blades, blasters, or any number of other weapons hidden in the folds of her cloak. He decided it might be a good idea to try to talk his way out of the situation. Now, I think this would be a great time to get to today's sponsor. Do you ever find yourself just needing a few extra credits and you don't have a perfect credit score? The banking clans can't or won't approve your loans? That's okay. Jabba believes everyone deserves equal access to credit. That's why he does his best to consider your overall financial situation. When you need emergency funding, you want a lender with a proven track record. Jabba has been lending credits for hundreds of years, and he has helped more than 4 million hardworking people tackle emergency expenses. So if you need a few extra 
your credits no matter the reason. Stop by Jabba's Palace on Tatooine. He is there to give you the credit you need. All payments must be made in a timely manner. If you do not make your payment, bounty hunters will be hired to track you down and capture or kill you. If you are captured, you will be forced into slavery until your debt is paid, which will never happen and you will be a slave for the rest of your life. My name is Med Tandar. He lied, trying to project an air of noble self-importance into his voice. I'm here on behalf of the Council of First Knowledge. Step aside in the name of the Jedi Order. You're no Jedi, she replied. Not anymore, Set confessed, but I used to be. He sliced the air half a dozen times with his lightsaber. He spun around, the humming blade dancing and twirling, before ending the demonstration with a backflip. The Iktochi was obviously unimpressed by his display of martial prowess and Set realized he wasn't going to intimidate her into backing down. The Jedi teach you any useful tricks? A few, Set replied, thrusting out with the Force. A wave of raw energy rippled out toward his enemy, but Set knew instantly something was very wrong. Instead of the exhilarating rush of power he normally felt, there was a cramping ache in the pit of his stomach that caused him to double over. The concussive wave that should have sent the Iktochi flying 20 meters was reduced to nothing more than a hard shove. It hit her full in the chest, but she simply absorbed the impact by falling into a backward roll that ended with her still on her feet. A pair of short vibroblades appeared in her hands while Set staggered backward, clutching at his stomach and trying not to throw up. With horror, he realized she was disrupting his ability to draw on the Force. He'd seen this talent mentioned in a number of ancient texts, but he'd never encountered it himself. And he didn't know how to counter it. His only option was to try to fight through. Gritting his teeth, he stood up straight. Feeding on the pain and his mounting anger, he tried once more to summon up the power of the dark side. He felt a small surge in response to his efforts, but it was a thin trickle rather than the flood he'd been hoping for. Still, it was better than nothing. The Iktochi lunged in with her twin blades, and Set staggered awkwardly out of the way, barely avoiding her attack. She moved faster than any opponent he had ever faced. Or maybe her ability to interfere with the Force was just making him slower than he'd ever been. In either case, the outcome was the same, and it wasn't good for Set. He ducked his head and darted under the nose of the black and red shuttle to the far side knowing his best chance of survival would be to keep ten tons of metal between the two of them. He couldn't see her anymore, but by concentrating, he was just barely able to sense her position. The effort made his head spin. It was like trying to see with mud in his eyes. She was stalking him slowly, cautiously creeping around the tail end of the ship, and in that moment, Set realized his opponent had no formal training in the ways of the Force. She was operating on instinct, she had never been taught the most basic skills, like how to sense the location of opponents, even when they were out of sight. Set turned and made a dash for one of the other vessels, reaching his new hiding place just before she emerged from behind the Black Shuttle's thrusters. Crouching down to peer beneath the belly of the ship he was using for cover, he could see her turning her head from side to side, trying to figure out where he had gone. I love a good chase. She called out, her lips curling into a feral smile. That's why they call me the Huntress. This isn't going to end well, Set thought. 
Okay, this part was more of my speed. It had my favorite thing, some action. Seth sees the Huntress's ship and he knows that that's the one that he wants to steal. But what he didn't anticipate is that the Huntress would be standing right behind him, whispering in his ear, you can look, but you can't touch. This is when he comes up with the bright idea of trying to talk his way out of the situation. And as soon as he says, I am a Jedi, she calls him out for being a liar. This is when he decides that he is going to fight her. If she could sneak up on you and you have the force, what makes you think that you could beat her in a fight? That just blows my mind. Like I said, his arrogance is going to get him killed. And that's where this part comes to an end. Now let's get to the quote for this week. And it comes to us from Eric Thomas. And this is what he said. The most important thing is this, to be able at any moment to sacrifice what you are for what you will become. A lot of people allow their pride or how other people view them to dictate their everyday lives. They have a reputation that they're trying to hold on to. They allow their past to control their future. But in reality, yesterday you were a different person because every day you learn and grow. So every day you become someone different. But too often we do not want to let go of our past selves. We are unwilling to sacrifice who we were to become who we were meant to be. We hold fast to our reputations and this blocks us from moving forward into the future. One thing that I found out in my life, every person that I have met that had came from nothing and now has some success and prestige, they all have one thing in common. They stopped caring about what others thought of them and allowed themselves to become someone new. Okay, that's all I have for today. Join us tomorrow for the next part of this story. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Star Wars in 10. Tune in next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can follow us on all major podcast directories. If you enjoyed the show, we would really appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Star Wars in 10 was created by Keen Eye Shed and is distributed by Swaycast Network. This show was produced by Pigfield Media, sound designed by Theodore Thompson, researched by Leslie Schneider. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.